can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the Green Dragon. Hello and welcome to the Green Dragon. This is Jeremy here on my own doing a list episode. So we got listeners to send in requests for lists. So they've asked for particular points values, so say 300, 500, 700, whatever, and a specific theme and maybe some required models as well. And I've created a list for them that includes all those elements and I hope that will function well in-game. Some of the lists I'm very familiar with, some of them not so familiar with, but I've got a pretty good idea how they would work and I've tried to provide that advice throughout. So I've ordered the list from this episode based on theme and time. So we start with a second age elf army, high elf army. We move on at 600 points. Then we've got a basically a start of the third age high elf army as well at 700 points. Then we move on to the iron hills. So we've got 300, 500, 750 iron hills armies. Then over to the battle of five armies, we have Lake Town and Erebor alliances at 350 and 600. Galadrum, basically Third Age Galadrum sometime after the Hobbit events, I would imagine, maybe before, it doesn't really matter for this one, 700 points, 600 points of a Gondor and Wood Elf Alliance. Once again, I don't know where this is located, so probably somewhere in the, the late Third Age. Then we have a very late Third Age Foot Rohan Army, so about the time of the War of the Ring. 650 and 600 point Grey Company Army, definitely in the War of the Ring. So this is where the company goes and provides the banner and assistance to Legolas Gimli and Aragorn. We've got a Helm's Deep-themed Three Hunters and Gladrum from the movie, not the books. Then three Gondor armies, 300, 500, and 700 points. And then we move on to the Fourth Age. So in the Fourth Age list, we've got two 700 points Legolas and Gimli travel lists and an 800 points Athelion-based Fourth Age list. And that will conclude the lists for this episode. So we've got quite a few lists to this episode, a lot to go through, a lot to talk through. I provided a PDF of all these lists in the show notes and the the Facebook link for the episode. So feel free to download that and have a look at the list. Saves you getting the pen and paper out and writing them out or listening over and over again to try and find out what the lists are. And I'm going to split this into two parts. So you will get another episode with the evil lists at some point in the future. Hopefully very soon. It's taken me a long time to edit this episode. So hopefully I'll get it out at some point in the future. Enjoy. Eregion, 600 points. This list I'm doing is about Eregion, which is basically the Second Age Elves. It's an area that there's not a lot of troops available. It's sort of a bit like a, a Numenor-type list. Second Age, not everything available you could possibly want, but a good list nonetheless. One that a good player can get some serious work out of. This list was requested by Thomas at the, the last minute, so I've put it together as well as I can. His request was that I make a 600-point Eregion and Rivendell list, so just the one list to choose from, but it had to include Gilglad, and it had to be as competitive as possible. So a little bit of a tough ask here, because once again, the, the High Elves aren't always considered the most competitive army, although I think they're really good, and Gilglad takes up a fair chunk of the points as well. So 600 points, you're really making Gilglad the star of the show. So I have to design my list around him. Now, the actual models that I can choose from, I'll just go through the list very quickly. Elrond's very much a possibility, but he is super expensive. There's a couple versions of him, and I just don't think he's going to be possible in the list with Gilgalad. Gilgalad obviously has to be in the list. 
Arrestor, I think he could be in the list. He definitely seems like he'd be one around. And he's got the Terror Rules. Terror Rules seems to indicate one of the firstborn elves. So I definitely think that Arrestor could be in the list. And at 80 points, he probably could be affordable as well. Kiran could be in the list. He's one that I think works better at bigger games. I'm not sure if he's going to work so well with just Gilgalad. Aladdin and Alra here are out. They, they weren't alive then, so too bad about them. Arwen's out. She wasn't alive either. So those three, nope. And they're, they're pretty powerful as well. They feature in a lot of Rivendell lists, but they're gone. They're not in. Glorfindel, Lord of the West, he could definitely be included. Uh, probably won't, though, because he's, once again, does a similar job to Gilgalad, and he's about the same cost. Gildor and Glorian. Now, Gildor could definitely be around as well, but he adds, I guess, a, a Wood Elf feel to the list rather than the the height of a Regian type thing. He's in exile. So from a theme point of view, I don't think this version of Gildor is the way to go. If there was a second age version, I'll definitely consider it, but not at the moment. So he's out. And the High Elf Stormcaller is definitely a possibility. It's it's one of the cheaper cost uh, heroes. It's not as tempting as the Wood Elf one, I don't think, because it's got Strength and Will instead of the Nature's Wrath. Strength and Will is pretty situational. Unless you take your Wizard or uh, like an Arwen or someone else, Strength and Will is not so good. And he's only got the three will himself, so it's one spell you're probably not going to cast. So therefore, he's pretty much going to be all about the core wins, which is a good spell. Don't get me wrong, it's a good spell, but he doesn't have that versatility as much as the Wood Elf one. So he's he's a possibility. The High Elf Captain's definitely a possibility. The High Elf Captain is a good, solid Captain profile with some outstanding fight value, outstanding courage, and he's got some good options. Doesn't have all the options in the world, no options for a lance. But a horse, bow, and a shield options are pretty good. And the woodland creature rule baked in, so can charge through forest if you put him on a horse or just run through forest. A really good model. Very hard to move. The high elf captains have done me very well in the past. And the warriors. We've got one warrior choice, unless we take Gildor, which we're not. And that's the high elf warrior. So the high elf warrior has heavy armor, so it's, it's a good defensive elf, especially if you put a shield on. Defense six is nothing to sneeze at. And it's got some good options with banners, bows, blades, spears, and shields. I could also upgrade this because I'm taking Gilgalad. Gilgalad allows me to upgrade any number of the high elf warriors into the King's Guard, which gives them one plus fight. So fight value six for a warrior is very good. So I'll definitely consider that option. So Thomas, at 600 points, this is what I have decided on. This is what I'm going for. The first warband, of course, has got Gilgalad with shield and armored horse. So if you can't convert up your own model, which lots of people have done, and I think the unreleased miniatures makes a very suitable model for Gilgalad on horse. If you don't put him on horse, it's not going to be as competitive as a list straight out. It's just really not going to do as much as you want it to do at 600. So putting him on the horse means he can get to the place he wants to be. My standard tactic for fighting against Gilgalad is to leave just what we have termed the 6-inch halo around him. So basically at just over 6 inches, so 6.5 inches, 6 in a millimeter, whatever, you stay away from Gilgalad so he never gets in combat and you just pick on the rest of the army. The horse makes this so much harder to do. It also makes him hit a lot harder. And with his one plus to wound spear and knockdowns, he can suddenly take out infantry and low-level captains really easily. And he can have a go at things like monsters as well with his might and high fight value. So he makes it, it makes him a really good model. He's got six models in his warband. You'll notice with the high elves, every model is precious. So I'm not going to have massively huge warbands with them. I've got all King's Guardian Gilgalad's warband. So I paid for the upgrade there. I've got one King's Guard with Spear, Shield, and the Banner, and five King's Guard with Spear and Shield. So this is one of those things where you give them the best equipment. You give them what you can, you make every model useful. So the King's Guard with Shield, Spear, and Banner, he's got the Spear. The Spear, this, this guy's probably not going to win you the combats, but when you do win the combats, you get to throw an extra die to wound. So 
it's well worth putting a spear on banners quite a bit until that rule changes or I don't know whether it stays the same or not. The other thing is you can spear support through horse models at the moment. So that's really useful as well. So you can stick this guy behind Gilgalad and it essentially gives Gilgalad roughly the equivalent to just under two extra attacks because he's got his attacks. So he's got his three attacks plus one on the charge, so four attacks. The reroll, which is equivalent to a fifth attack, unless you roll something like all twos, but the chance of that happening are pretty low. So we'll just call it an extra attack. And then the banner gives you an extra part of attack. It's, it's a neg one attack, so it's not as good, but maybe it's an extra half attack or so. So well worth putting that model in. So this warband itself is pretty aggressive. Gilgalad does a lot of the work, and the spearmen basically just follow him around and provide support and shield models off and guard his flanks, essentially. The second warband is a high off captain with shield and horse. I think this guy is the unsung hero. Like with the Numenor list, I think you have to get a huge amount of work out of your just generic mounted captains in the High Elves to make them a really competitive army. And consider we're going that way with Gilgalad, I think we need some friends as well to take some of the pressure off. You don't want to come up against an army that has a Wraith and is able to pin Gilgalad for the whole game. So you need models to be able to, to help him out, to travel with him. If you get a chance, Thomas, try a little formation with Gilgalad and High Elf Captains with Shield and Horse just going off by themselves without the troops. It makes it really hard for the enemy to catch them for a start. And if they do, they can end up being wiped out quite easily. It doesn't always work, but it's a great bait unit. It works really well. With this uh, captain, I've got four High Elf Warriors with Spear and Shield. These are my favorite equipment options for the High Elf Warriors. They look so good, and it just works well in game. It gives you lots of versatility. The Spear means you can stand behind anyone, and the Shield means you can stand in front of anyone and be able to double your attacks if you have to. It also means that Strength 3 and 5 models, and I guess 7 models as well, find it a bit harder to wound you, which is useful. Got one high off warrior of Elven Blade. I've, I said this with the Wood Elves at some point, either before or after this. The Elven Blade option I don't think is the best at the moment. What you take it for is some two-handed weapon options when you outnumber a model. So if you need to go after a troll, you might put this guy in. It helps you draw fights. So if you're up against a similar army or high fight characters, it's good to put him in because it helps you do that. But you don't need a lot of these guys, and they don't provide a huge amount of versatility for this unit. So... Because every model is precious, I've only taken one in this warband. And then I've followed that up with three high-off warriors of elf bow. I need a token bow force, a token bow force to be able to draw the enemy forward, to maybe shoot out a horse or two, to put some pressure on. I don't expect them to win the game for me, but they can sit back, hold objectives. They can draw the enemy towards me. They can take some pot shots. They can, if someone like, I don't know, a ring wraith's coming at me, they can have a go and see if they can knock a wound off. Maybe they can. Well, a wound off a ring wraith's pretty good. Maybe a fate off. The third warband is almost identical. It's the same high off captain with spear and shield. Well, a different model, but the same options. You get me. And then three high off warriors with spear shield instead of the four. One with blade and three with bow. So the same thing. I've tried to make each of these warbands be able to hold their own if they have to be. They're going to be pretty fragile, but they're, they're big enough that they're not as really, really easy to target if they ever get stranded. So it's one of those deployments where you can get stranded. I didn't want just a captain on its own where it can get attacked. Now, don't be afraid to get the captains to leave your battle line. They can go out and charge the flanks, pick on lone guys, while your battle line essentially just doesn't die because the heroes are going to do all the work in this list. So be a little bit conservative. Take shots where you have to. Shield where you have to. Make a ring around the banner and just stay put if you have to. If there's forest, be in the forest at all times. Charge through the forest. Charge in the forest. There's some real work you can do. If you're lucky enough to get objectives in forests, you're laughing. You're doing really well. 
So this army at 600 points, we've ended up with 24 models, a healthy amount of might actually, 7 points of might, and some really big heroes. But the 24 units could be challenging to use. You have to make it count. You have to really get up on the kill count early. And then once it gets to break time, you should be able to outplay them because you've got courage at least five across the board, plus some heroes with outstanding courage. So I don't think you're going to be going anywhere if possible. Don't be afraid to get Gilgalad in combat. He has to fight. He has to fight. If he dies, he dies. He died in the books. He died in the movie. It's going to happen occasionally. Make him do something heroic. Make him go hunt a Belrog or something like that. You're probably not going to fight a Belrog at 600. But he's going to have to go out in blaze of glory if you're going to get this army to work. And the times where he goes and charges something big and takes it out, you're going to win the game. So this army looks fun to use. Uh, it's basically you have to get some high elf captains on horse and a Gilgalad. Now, if you wanted to just do a conversion route, the Knights of Rivendell box set, half a box of that, so three knights, will do a pretty good job for it. You could easily just make the Gilgalad the bare head model, give him the shield. He's got a lance, so make that his spear, and you're pretty well good to go. You could just use that straight out. He's got an armored horse, but I think you'd be right just using it as is. And then for the captains, maybe just use the guys with the helmets on as your captains, because they'll still stand out, and then just take their spears off and give them a blade, a sword, as a hand weapon. They they come with the elven blade, the captains, so they get the, the elven blade for, to help you with fight values. You're putting the shield on them, so you're not going to get to use two-handed, but I don't plan to with these captains very often go two-handed. I think they need to win the fights first of all, and I don't think you have enough models for that luxury. So let us know what you think about that, Thomas. Hopefully this army works for you. I think it's a bit of fun, and if anything, it's going to look brilliant. Listeners know how much I like the high-up models, so hopefully you can paint them up nicely and use this force to good effect. Rivendell, 700 points. This Rivendell list has got the parameters that I must make it a third age list, so no Gilgalad, etc. So that's no Gilgalad. None of the models that would have been just around in the second age and the first age. And include the Mounted Twins and Rivendell Knights if possible. So Matthew asked for this list, 700 point competitive Rivendell, using the Twins and some uh, Rivendell Knights if possible as well. Well, it's definitely possible to include some Rivendell Knights. Matthew, if you want to make a competitive Rivendell list, Rivendell Knights are a very good choice. So for 700 points, I really like making Elven lists, actually. I, I enjoy doing that. There's a real simplicity about them. They don't have a lot of options, but all the options are good. So you have to make some choices. I've started with your request for Alandan and Elro here with horse and heavy armor. I think it's a really good option. The, these guys are real standouts. They've got the three might. They've got their, their negative, which isn't really a negative. It hardly ever happens where one of them dies. And then the strength increase to five means that you can really go nuts with it. The heavy armor, meaning that they've got the, the defense of six, which is really nice. And then the, the horse means that they stay around all the time. If they get knocked off their horse, they get some choices about what they do with their blades. So they can fight with a single sword as a two-handed weapon or two swords for one plus attack or a parry counts as shielding. I've never seen people use the parry. It's always the one plus attack. So basically, you're going to get three attacks if you charge of a horse. And then when you're knocked off your horse, you can get three attacks on foot as well. Or if you're really going against something you need to kill, you can go two-handed with your blades. So you've got heaps of options with these guys. Really good models. And three might, two will, two fade a pop. A 140 base plus then you pay for the horses and you pay for the heavy armor. So we're looking at 170, 85 points each. 
you're probably getting better value than the generic captains. So if you want a competitive list, I don't see why these guys wouldn't at least get a look at. And the the actual horse models I really like. Uh, the foot models, are they, they, I'm not sold on the foot models, but the horse models I enjoy. So I think they're worth using and just don't use them off the horse. So that's your first warband leaders. They're going to have 11 elves with them because they can only have 11 elves because one of them takes up a spot. So Elro is taking up a spot in the warband already. Four of those high elf warriors have spear and shield. Three of them have elven blade. Four of them have elf bow. So I've made a, an even split this time. I think I've got enough models here that I can use the luxury of getting all the weapon options across and start fitting it, the box set so you're not wasting models as much as others. Some lists I'll probably go a bit heavier on the spear and shield. But for this one, I was happy with a mix of it. I think an all-round army is pretty good for these guys. Warband 2. I've gone for a bit of a theme and also a bit of competitive option here. I've taken Arwen on a horse. Now, I'm a big fan of Arwen. I think that having the Nature's Wrath really adds an extra element of tactics to your list. It means you've got something that the, the force is scared of. Having your whole up six inches of your army knocked down is massive. It means that generic elves suddenly start doubling up attacks and might as well be cavalry models at that point in time. You're probably not going to get the Nature's Wrath off. I find it happens maybe once every three games or so. But when it does, it really does help you win the game. She's got a good fight as well. Fight of six. She's only got the one attack, but on a horse, that can get better. So with her one point of might, you can do some useful heroic combats with some friends as well. So I think she's worth taking, and she's actually one of the cheaper options. So I paid 70 points all up for Arwen. And I think I've got some real versatility out of her. She's also got a warband of 11 high elves. So one of them's got a spear and a banner here. So I haven't put the shield on this model. I've gone for the, the model that, that's out there. I like this model. It's a classic model. And then I've got four high elf warriors with spear and shield, three with elven blade, and then three with elf bow. So all round mix of high elves as well. My thought is that these two warbands deploy pretty close together, and then the high elves end up supporting each other as a big block. I wouldn't necessarily split up high elves too often unless they're the cavalry models. Splitting high elves is usually the way to get them killed, because the enemy can take them on in small groups. When there's a big group together, if they're working together, they're very hard to move. So be conservative of your high elves. Treat every life as precious. Now, I've got an ally contingent of Alron's household. Matthew asked for some Rivendell Knights, and I'm going to deliver here. I, I like these models. They're, they're really good models, and they do well in-game. I've gone for essentially a box set worth, because I once again, I feel bad saying, I'll oh, use seven or use eight, and then have a whole bunch go to waste. So I've got a Rivendell Knight Captain. You just turn one of them into a Rivendell Knight Captain by giving him the bare head. That's options in the box. He's got a shield. And then I've got five Knights of Rivendell with shield as well. So basically, they've got the shield, the lance, the bow option. These guys give you enough firepower that with your seven elf bowmen in the normal list, and then these six, 13 is enough to, to do some damage or shooting, so you don't have to engage. You can split them up and then play a really kiting force running away from the enemy. You can charge them forward with Eladan, Elro here, and Arwen in support as a really attacking force, and they give you lots of versatility. These models are powerful. People who know how to play Rivendell Knights can do really well with them, and they're, they're very useful models. They're very good. If you play against them, kill them as quickly as possible. Get them off their horse as quickly as possible, because they can do huge amounts of damage to an army, and they really make this list competitive. So all up, you've ended up with 31 models, which is okay for an elf army. Elf armies are always a bit on the light end. As a rough guide, when I'm making lists, I look at one model for every 20 points. If I'm over that, I've probably got a good number. If I'm under that, I've probably got an elite army. That's my general rule. So this is an elite army. 31 out of 700 points. Like under 35 is an elite. But that's okay. You've got the knights there. You could easily push it up. If you drop the knights, push it up to, to 40 models. But I don't think that's worth it. I think the knights add so much to it. The Riven Knight Captain is fantastic. Ellen and Arrow here are just like A plus level character. They're probably the best characters in the whole list. And probably some of the best characters in the game, to be honest, as well, in terms of rules. So they're well worth taking. 
The only real downside to them is you have to put two heroes in one warband, but that's useful as well because they're there to help each other out and together they can take on most things. If they can't take on most things, you've got to send your knights in as well with the lances. So the lances will help you wound things if you're up against so Iron Hill Dwarves with their high defense or trolls or anything like that. Send in the knights, send in Elodin and Elro here, strike up, maybe call heroic combat if you have to to get the other friend in, and away you go. So Matthew, that's your list. Hopefully you enjoy it. There's not really a huge amount of choices. If you want to move, say, Arwen for a Stormcaller or something, you could do that. Although I think Arwen's better than the Stormcaller. You could sub her out for a, a foot hero if you wanted to, like an elf captain, which might give you some extra might. Uh, you could put in a rest or something like that. But other than that, I think it's a pretty solid list and I think you enjoy playing with it. Just get some practice in and if you practice enough, soon the wins will come. Iron Hills Dwarves, 300, 500 and 750 points. I've had a few requests for Iron Hill Dwarves armies, and I must admit this is an army list that I don't have a huge amount of experience with. I've got a good idea how they'll play, but it's one of those lists that I feel like I'm almost spoiled for choice. There's so many options available and so many options that will be coming out that I think I'll have to play around a bit to get some ideal lists. So at the moment, what I'm doing is taking some lists that are a bit of a sampler, a bit of lists that will give you an idea of how they play. Now, Byron is a beginning player, and like a few other beginning players, they're starting with the Iron Hill Dwarves, which I think is a good choice because the models are just so nice. And for us in Australia, they cost the same as the other ones, so why wouldn't we? And they're going to be fun to play with. They're going to be usable. I've heard on the internet people say that they're incredibly overpowered. I don't think that's true. I played against them once and I didn't find them to be anything out of the ordinary. I just think that they're ones that they look affordable. And if you go every unit on its own, it looks like it's maybe slightly less than it should be. But you put them together and you run out of points really quickly. And you just don't have the models to do everything you normally want to do. So a 300-point starter list, this is a, a small army just to get going and get used to using the models, essentially. It's an ultra-elite army at 300 points, so we're going for 12 models in total. There's going to be, first of all, Dane Ironfoot, Lord of the Iron Hills, because if you buy Iron Hills, you buy Dane Ironfoot. Like, straight out, you want to use that model. It's a really nice model. It's got the war bore. It's a powerful model. At 160 points, it's over half your points, so you better get some use out of it, but it will do the job. It's a it's a really strong model, and basically why is there your passing courage test, so... He, he is the army, essentially. Everything else is there just to support Dane. So to support Dane, we've got nine Iron Hill Dwarves with shield. Three quarters of the, the standard set that you'll get. Everyone's going to get this set, so you might as well use the Iron Hill Dwarves with shield. They they come with a spear, of course. They get to do that shield wall, which is actually tougher to pull off than I, than I thought. And then we've got two Iron Hill Goat Riders with war spear. Once again, for the look of the model, and someone to ride around with Dane. So that way, Dane can basically be a flanking force, take out models, knock them over, while the, the Iron Hill Dwarves of S.H.I.E.L.D. basically are a bit of an anvil. Not much in the army, but it should be fun to use. It's going to look really good, and it's achievable to paint. I know personally, I just have to paint the Goat Riders and Dane Ironfoot, and then I've got this ready to go, so I might do that and just play around with it at 300 points. I think it'll be a good army to use. Um, the Goat Riders are fantastic models. I know that some people say they're expensive, and they probably are, but they, they look so good. So being able to put the two in your army, I think it's going to be well worthwhile. So that's a 300-point list. Is it optimal? Probably not. You probably would go for something like the Iron Hills Captain or War Goat instead of Dane, uh, save some points, and then put some other things in the list. But it's, it's a tough points level for the, the Iron Hill Dwarves because to go for the second warband, you're basically going to cut down on models. I figured go for a real souped-up first warband. Now, to move the list on to 500 points, I've gone for two warbands now. Still staying with Dane Ironfoot. Still very expensive, but he's got to make the list. Dane Ironfoot with the Warbore. 
I put in four Iron Hills Dwarves with crossbows. Now, this is a bit of future-proofing. I hope that these come out very soon. We've already got the Maddox. We've already got the Spears. I feel like the crossbows would be a really good choice for it. So four crossbows means that the enemy has to think about coming towards you at the very least. So I think it's a good option for them. They still fight very well in combat. I've put them with the, the essentially the cavalry warband because the cavalry warband can duck off. I basically set up the crossbows where they need to be and the cavalry can then reposition where they want to be later. I've also got three Iron Hills Goat Riders with War Spear in this warband. So I've gone for the three mainly because that's how they come in the box. You can basically keep the initial cost down to a reasonable amount and I think it's going to be fun to use that warband. The next warband is led by an Iron Hills Captain with War Spear and Shield, which is a fantastic model. I've just recently painted mine up. It's got an Iron Hills Dwarf with Shield in the banner, so he comes with a Captain as well. And then it's got 10 Iron Hill Dwarves with Shield, so it's a tough warband. There's a couple spares with the, the Shield and Spear you've got, so you could use those. I guess you could proxy them as dismounts for the Goat Riders, or you could swap out some crossbows for more Spearmen if you wanted to. I think it's, once again, I don't know if it's going to be a great army, because you've got so much into Dane Ironfoot, but I think it'll be fun to play with, and I think it'll hold its own at the very least. So you've got 20 models, which is elite. Uh, it's actually 494 points, so I have six points left over. They're expensive models, so I didn't have anything to spend on that straight away, but you could do something like fork out some points, maybe give your captain a war goat or something like that, or maybe drop a goat and put an extra warrior or something like that. You could play around with it, but I'm not too worried about it at this point. It's more about just learning the game with them and playing with them and having some fun with this army. Then at 750 points, 750 points, we're starting to get to a decent sized army. But once again, I've made a list to just show off what you've got for the dwarf army. It's probably not the most optimal list. I've taken one model in particular that I think looks fantastic, and I think most Iron Hill Dwarfs players will have it, but I don't think it's the optimal choice. In this army, I've gone for Dane again, because, well, why not? Why not? Put Dane in. Why not? On the war bore, of course, leading uh, six Iron Hills Goat Riders with War Spear. So you've gone up to the two packs of the Goat Riders. It's a good number. It makes them look imposing. I think these models are going to be really good uh, with the War Spear. They, they're going to kill things. I think Defense 6 is really good. I don't don't know why people are complaining about it. Uh, I think it's a, a strong Warband, and Dane is just a powerful character. Warband 2 has an Iron Hills Captain with War Spear and Shield. It's the same guy as before, with his same Banner Bearer as before, the Iron Hills Dwarves with the Shield and Banner, and then 11 Iron Hill Dwarves with Shield. So the Warband of the Infantry again. So nice, nice, solid infantry line. They're supposed to hold up with terrain. They're supposed to just plow through and slowly grind down the enemy. Then Warband 3 is going to be an Iron Hills Captain with Matic. Basically just so you can use a different Iron Hills Captain. It's going to have five Iron Hills Dwarves with crossbow and then an Iron Hills Ballista. Now you can manipulate the points if you wanted to and turn that Captain into an Engineer Captain and then maybe lose a crossbowman or a Goat Rider or something like that. But I've gone for the Captain with the Matic because I think once again it's a nice model. I'm hoping the crossbows come out soon. You could convert up your own, but I don't recommend that just yet. For the moment, just, just turn them into something else if you have to. And then the ballista will basically mean that suddenly you've got an army that I don't think is going to get shot out particularly well. Ballista can prevent some, some shooting. It can do some damage from long range. And with the five crossbows, I think you're going to try and convince the enemy to come at you, which means you can set up in a defensive position with your Iron Hills Dwarves, and then while Dane and the Goat Riders go do their job. Remember, your Spearmen can go and go behind the Goat Riders as well, so you've actually got a real powerful force going through. Keep the banner nearby. It's an elite army again, 30 models at 750 points, but I think it can do the job. If you want to spam out models, you can drop things like the Ballista and go for more Warriors. If you want, you can drop the Goat Riders and go for more Warriors. But I think if you're playing Iron Hills, some part of you probably wants to use the Ballista and wants to use the Goat Riders. So go for it there. I know that a lot of people have been attracted to the army because of the Goats. These are the first dwarves that are riding Goats. Everyone else is just infantry. So I think play around with it. 
keep the army small, paint it really nicely and build on it slowly. I feel like Iron Hills will come on their own in really big games. I think that's where they'll be optimal. I think at the moment their options are really good, but they're all quite costly options. So I don't know if we're going to get massive value out of them just yet until we start getting to big games. So those are my three lists, Byron. Hopefully it gives you an idea of what to collect. I think that's as much as it. It's almost a shopping list. You notice that I haven't really included any warriors with Matic. At the moment, that's not the ideal weapon. Spear and Shield are probably better than that. Crossbow then is the next best one when that comes out. And the Goat Riders are really good. The Blister, I think just because you're going to want to have a Blister in the army is worth taking. But if you don't, just drop it. Get some more Dwarf Warriors in there. You've got plenty of spaces to put it in there. And enjoy the army. I hope to see it soon, Byron. Survivors of Lake Town and Erebor reclaimed 600 points and also 350 points. Leon for Germany has asked for a specific request for a good army based around the Battle of Five Armies that includes both Survivors of Lake Town and the Erebor reclaimed dwarves. Now, at 600 points, this is going to be tough. He also stipulates that in the German scene, you have to have a themed list, and you only ever play against good versus evil, which is fantastic. I really like that. So, German scene, well done. That's how I like to play. Now, I really like these armies because these are ones I've been working on very recently. I've had a lot of experience with Lake Town. I think they're an absolute fantastic list, and then they got even better with the There and Back Again book. And the Iron Hill Dwarves, with the Champions Erebor leading them, are fantastic as well. Great models, so much fun to paint. So I've put this army together with the idea that I'm going to use it myself, but also I want Leon to have a good time with it, and I think it will work well in-game as well. Now, I've tried to make this army as nice on the wall as possible, so I've tried to be clever with my groupings of models. I haven't gone for silly numbers of models. Every model that you buy, I've tried to use if possible, because I understand that these models, these are not the cheapest models in the range. So if you can invest in them, you want to be able to use them. They're really nice models, and I think it's worth getting, but I still think that I want to be careful with how I make this. So I've put some limitations on myself as well. So 600 points is a limitation, but also using the models in a clever way where they're going to get the most use and you don't have to buy a whole bunch of extra stuff you're not going to use has been a bit of a challenge. So what I'm going to do is start with the Lake Town contingent in the 600 point list. Now, the Lake Town militia are fantastic models, especially when their friend Bard is around. With again, the bonuses, the re-rolls and the fight value, it's really, really good and it, it holds its own by itself. So I've made them the core of the army. I've gone for Bard the Bowman with armor and horse. You could take him off the horse and put another dwarf in or another uh, Lake Town Militia in if you wanted to, but I think it really adds something to the army to give him that horse. And I love my leaders on horses to stand out. It makes him really stand out amongst them. The nice thing about this as well is you still get the bow for the profile, so he's really useful. He's a good model now. He was always good before, but he's really useful. But he also takes up a huge amount of the points. So out of my 600 points, he's taken out a big chunk of points already. He's over 100 points. He's, he's worth it. He's basically a little mini Prince Imrahil, but he is definitely expensive. He leads a warband of six Lake Town Militia with shield and six Lake Town Militia with spear. So I've gone for six and six because they come in the blisters of three. So you won't be able to get all 12 of those in the blisters. And I think they're the most useful options to start with. So six Lake Town Militia with shield, six with spear in that warband. Then my second warband of Lake Town Militia is, I thought, thought about this one for quite a bit, trying to find out how I could do this. I've gone for a new hero called Percy. He's basically a leader of archers. He's a three-might hero. He's got some archer special rules, but he's not out yet. He doesn't, he's not released yet. 
So I think, Leon, you should convert him out of a Bowman. Some of the Bowman are really nice models, and I think with a little green stuff, a little bit of extra, maybe a head swap with a Faramir or something like that, any of the old medals you've got in your collection, I think you can make a really nice Percy yourself. So I assume you're going to buy a blister pack of Bowman to go with him, but I've to- I'm going to tell you get three blister packs of Bowman. So you've got Percy, eight Lake Town Bowman, because he gives the bow special rules, and then three Lake Town Militia with Spear. So it's a warband with Percy and 11 models, but I didn't want to get the extra one at this point in time because then you'd have to buy another blister and use up two models that, that don't get used. So that's my thought. Later on, when Percy comes out for real, you can put your bowman back in the pack, and as your army grows, he'll get used as well. So the contingent for Lake Town, Bard and Percy, and then we've got six Lake Town militia with shield, nine with spear, and eight with bow. Now, I highly recommend getting at least one of these packs as the Lake, I think it's the Lake Town Guard, the police officers, the one of the uniforms, and then do some head swaps, do some arm swaps, move them around so that they've got that uniform spread through it. If I was going to make this one, I would be getting one pack of the Lake Town Guard with the spear, because you need nine with spear. That way, with some head swaps, you can get the maximum variety. So I think they'll look really good. One of our players, we're not really a local player from Western Australia, Lockie has converted up a whole bunch of his Lake Town Militia out of these models, and I think it looks really good. I've done a little bit of it, not a huge amount, but I've also got some spare guards, so I'm definitely going to do it for my next lot. It just works really well. There is some Lake Town Guard bits already mixed into Militia, but I think you get more out of them if you mix that around, and that can look really amazing. Now, onto the Erebor acclaimed list. So this has the Champions of Erebor, so all Thorin's company, plus all the Iron Hills dwarf stuff, except things like the chariots and the ballista. So you've got your basic Iron Hills items and your heroes. Now, this was a little bit tricky. I had to fill out the rest of the 600 points, and I wanted it to be useful. So I've gone for two smallish warbands of Iron Hill dwarves, but I've got them led by Champions of Erebor, and I've gone for the some of the lower-cost Champions of Erebor, and ones you can get in a single ballista. So the Champions of Erebor comes in packs of usually three, maybe two if it's Thorin and Bilbo. And I don't know about you in Germany, but in Australia they're quite expensive. They're, they're not cheap characters. So I thought one pack to start with is the way to go. So I've gone for one of my favorite packs, one that I think looks really good, but also gives you a lot of character, but also gives you some good options in-game. I've gone for Biffa with the, the full armor kit, which he's got automatically. He's one of the axe in his head, and he's got a special rule where he can basically choose to do a one-strike, try and wound a model. If he does, he gets the, the axe rips out of his head, and he gets to call heroic moves for free, which is very useful in this army. And he's leading six Iron Hill Dwarves with spear and shield. So it's a good little warband. It's tough. It's not going to do all the work for you, but it's going to be it's going to be good and solid, and it's hard to get through. Like the defense eight across the board is really tough if you're in the little shield wall. Defense seven is still hard to get through. My second one is from the same pack. It's going to be Bomber. So Bomber includes five Iron Hill dwarfs in his warband. He's the the large dwarf with the big flail. He's probably not as good in game as some of the other ones, but I think he looks really good, and I think he's one that people will notice on the board straight away. He's one of the comic relief characters, so I think he's worth having along there. In this set as well, you get Ori, who's probably not as useful as the other ones at this point. He's he's good if you have two or more of the dwarves, but later on you could add him in if you want to expand out. Um, I think the other two would probably do better in this list by itself. So you've got a list where you've got an army where the militia get to do the rerolls. You've got no banner in there, but the bard is the banner essentially for the militia. You've got some shooting, so you can afford to stay back a bit. You've got some very tough infantry with the dwarves and their heroes leading them. But you've also got some fragile militia. So you have to be on your game playing this. I think it's very playable. And I think it's one that if you learn how to, to synergize between the militia and the, the dwarves, if you make sure some of your militia have some axes and things like that to go around to get through the armor, I think you can do really well in this force. And I think it'll be fun to play. And it'll look really good and very, very characterful. So that's my 600 points. Now, you also said, Leon, that you wanted to play games from lowers 350 up to 600. So with this collection, I believe you can. 
with some fiddling around. So to give an example of that, I've actually made a 350-point list as well. So the 350-point list is going to be just the Lake Town contingent. So with the 350 points, you can't really put the Iron Hill Dwarves in. Well, you could, but I don't think that I want to. I think I want to go for, for numbers. And at 350 points, having 25 models, which is how many I've got, is a huge amount. It's not that much more for the 600. So for the 350 points, you've basically got the Bard with Armor and Horse, the six Lake Town Militia with Shield, the six Lake Town Militia with Spear, and then Percy's Warband with Percy, three Lake Town Militia with Spear, and eight Lake Town Militia with Bow. Now, the unfortunate part about this list is that it only comes to 343 points. So you've got enough points for another Lake Town Militia, and you've got a spot in Percy's Warband for another Lake Town Militia. So if you come across another one, if you can convert another model, if you buy another pack, throw it in there. Unfortunately, you can't put a Bowman in there because of the, the bow limit, but you could definitely put another Spearman or a Shieldman or something like that. Make another one out of a spare model if you can. If you want to play this at 350, I don't think anyone will notice. I think it'll look really characterful, but it's not going to hurt you to play one model down, especially with 25 in the list at 350 points. So that's, that's a good amount. It's once again going to be relying on your ability as a player. It's going to rely on Bard doing a lot of the work, Percy doing some Bowman. This one actually does have a strong bow contingent because Having the, the nine bowmen at 350 points is a good amount. Having nine bowmen at 600 points, eh, it's okay. You can ignore it most of the time. But this, this amount should do a good job. So I think you have fun with this. And look, Lake Town Militia are, are a good character for force. They're very fun to model up. They're very fun to paint. And I think you get an army that not a lot of people have. It's always fun to play against them as well because you feel like, oh, yeah, I should be able to kill these guys. They're nice and squishy. But they hit harder than you expect. You've also got some other options. You could sub out some of the heroes quite easily, turn Percy into Hilda or a captain or whatever. Bard could turn into lots of different heroes. You could bring in his son or his daughters. You can do lots of different things with these lists and, and help it grow. And I feel like you can add a little bit to it. You could always put in Alfred if you wanted to. In the 600 points, you could drop Bard and put in Gandalf, for example, which could be good for the five armies. You could put Bilbo in. You can move around the points quite a bit, and I think you can have some real fun with this. It's a kind of army that get the base, get those models together, and then just add what you want and let it grow over time. And I think you'll really enjoy this army. I'm, I'm enjoying it at the moment as well. I'm going to keep putting models together and hopefully get some really nice, interesting games out of this force. Galadrum 700 points. Ian has asked for a Galadrum army with the following restrictions. I can't use any unarmored wood elves, so just the Galadrum, and I can't use anything like sentinels. So I'm stuck with basically the armored Galadrum, the kind you see in the Helm's Deep scene at the Two Towers movie. I really like this army because... This was one of the first paint jobs that I was really happy with, along with my, my blue dwarves that I did. I did a Tharandul, the old model, and some just a handful of Galadrum, and entered them into a local painting competition, and ended up with first place against all gaming systems, so not just Lord of the Rings, which I was really proud of at the time, and I, I'm still proud of that now. So I've really got a place in my heart for the Galadrum. I think they're wonderful models. The metal ones are really nice, although the poses are a bit static. The plastic ones are really nice, although they're not quite as nice as the metals. But overall, they're a great range of models, so very happy to make a Galadrum army. They're one that we don't see a huge amount on the, the local scene, although there's a few players. Uh, I know Nick and Hewan have both been playing with the Galadrum and having a great time with them, and some good success as well. So my first warband in this army includes the leader. It's going to be Galadriel with the Mirror of Galadriel. This is the Galadriel Spellcaster version. So it's not going to be much of a fighter. You've only got the one attack, but you've still got the high fight. You've got three might, six will, three fate. You've got the point of will a turn coming back. 
And you've got some useful spells, not a huge amount, but you've got a blinding light, which is fantastic, and that's going to be the first thing you cast. So anything within six inches of you is going to be a hit on a six instead of their normal roll. So basically it's going to mean that you own the shooting phase. It's got Immobilize, which is a three plus, the equivalent of the evil transfix. And then we've got Command on a four plus, which is the equivalent to the evil compel. So good spells, ones that are the staple of a ringwraith. So it's basically playing the role of a ringwraith for the, the good side. But the mirror as well lets you place a bit of terrain, so you can use it to block up some areas and things like that. You place it. Once per turn, a hero within six inches, one of your heroes, can restore their fate to the starting value. So that's pretty useful for someone like Ladril that can reroll fate. It means that she's really hard to take out unless you hit her all at once. And if you're clever, you're not going to let that happen. In her warband, I've got one Galadrim Warrior with shield, spear, and banner. So the full kit, this is the banner that can do anything it wants to do. It's still got the negative penalty, but it can spear support, it can shield, it can do a whole bunch. Pretty good model, very important in elves especially. I've got five Galadrim Warrior with shield and spear. I really like these models with their, the tier shields, and they're very useful as well. They're the all-round models. You can spear support, you can shield. It really does help out. You get the defense five, which is very useful against things like Urukai and Gundabad Orcs and the, five, the Strength 4 models. So it's useful to have those. And then I've got six guards of the Galadrim Court, which are the stars of the list. They're the pikemen with the fight six. So they basically will hover around, and any fight that have heroes that are fight five hanging around, they'll go in and support it and stop it out. I don't try and make a pike block, because I think that's probably the poorest way of doing it. It's very points intensive. I like to use them for specific fight values to try and get that six around, basically to force heroes to strike up. The second warband has Rumil, who's basically the combat elf. I didn't actually realize that Rumil has a bow option, but I haven't included that this time. I've just gone for the fighting Rumil, and he's got a funny arm in the model, but he's got a really good profile, and he, he's got this annoying rule that if you roll a six against him, you have to re-roll it, so he's very hard to beat in a fight. He leads five Gladramoros with shield and spear, one Gladramoro with elven blade, and six Gladramoros with elf bow. I've actually tried to optimize a bit the, the choices for models here, Normally, I'll just go 4-4-4 four, four, four just because that's what's in the box, but I thought I'll make it a little bit more powerful this time. The Elven Blade is good if you've got a draw and fight, but that's really it. Occasionally, you'll use it as a two-handed weapon if you really need to crack something, but you don't need a whole lot of them. So I prefer to have the Elf Bows. I've got six of those, and with the, the Blinding Light, they're going to really help out. And then the Spear Shield guys are just more useful models with the better defense, the shielding, and the spear. So I've gone for an uneven warband, but that's that's what it is. If you don't have those models, feel free to swap them out. It's not going to make a huge difference either way. And my third warband has got Heldia with Armour and Elf Bow. This is a two-shot Heldia. And then the exactly same amount of warriors. So five Gladrum Warriors with Spear and Shield, one Gladrum with Elven Blade, and six Gladrum with Elf Bow. If you don't have those models, just swap them around as well. So it's basically a very simple army. It's got 39 warriors, so it maxes out on the three warbands as much as I could. It's a pretty straightforward infantry list. Very tough infantry in terms of high fight value. If it's in a block close together, it's going to be hard to beat. The shooting should be able to take over enough that you can force the enemy to come to you. And you've got some spells. If anything big comes along, trolls or anything like that, you can transfix or compel them. So you've got a bit of everything. I think it's a pretty well-rounded army. 39 units is not too bad for 700 points. It means that you're not going to be outnumbered that much if you are. And you will find yourself outnumbering at times. And when elves outnumber, it's really bad for the enemy. So it's a, I think it's a worthwhile list. I definitely want to play this list like, like I want to play all of them. I think it would be worth doing. And it's a pretty simple collection of models. If you don't have those, just once again, put the elven blades in. It doesn't really make a huge difference. But I think I've just optimized just that little tiny bit. So in summary, we had Galadriel, Rumul, and Haldir. Basically, they're the ones that come straight out of the box. And then a Galadriel warrior with, with everything, Banner Spear Shield. We've got a total of 15 Spear Shield guys, 
We've got two Elven Blade Galadrum, and then we've got 12 Elf Bow, along with six Guard of the Galadrum Court. Gondor and Lothlorien, 600 points. This is going to be a combination between Gondor and the Wood Elves, submitted by Ilya, who gave me the following requirements, which are pretty easy requirements, to be honest. Include at least one Wood Elf Sentinel. So he likes the Wood Elf Sentinel, likes moving models around, likes getting models to pass terror tests and causing terror itself, and a banner. Now, asking me to put a banner in a list is redundant. You don't have to do that. I put a banner in every list I get the opportunity to. I really value the banners, and I love having the debate with people who say, oh, I'd rather have three extra models. No, you don't. Get the banner. The banner is fantastic. Get two of them if you can, but one banner is a go-to. It's well worth taking. So I've got a combination of Gondor and Wood Elves to use at 600 points, and I want to try and make the army synergize really well, work together as a cohesive force. Now, looking at the list, first of all, we've got to find out what the strength. So looking at the Wood Elves list, you've got high fight value, which is definitely a good strength. You've got access to missile weapons across the board, which is a strength. You've got fantastic models like the Sentinels and Stormcallers that can move models around and really be aggressive. So those are things I want to focus on in this list. In the Gondor, you've got cheap heroes, which are worth focusing on. You've got cavalry models, which are well worth focusing on and very good. And you've got Defense 6, which is also what I want to use in the army. So I've gone for an army that essentially plays as a heavy-armored Wood Elf army. So I've gone for and used a special upgrade in the Gondor list that's good. Makes you move through forest as a woodland creature. So in my first warband, I'm going to go for the Gondor first, I think. It's going to be a captain of Minas Tirith with a horse, lance, and shield, leading three knights of Minas Tirith with shield. Classic cavalry formation, only four models, but enough to threaten the enemy, enough to take a cavalry charge and, and mitigate it, and enough to do some damage on weak models. It's an opportunistic uh, little group, and it should be should be very useful, very useful to have. In Warband 2, I've gone for Kyrion, which is probably going to end up being the leader. Kyrion is a three-might Gondor hero who's wearing armor that looks like it's a Thillion armor. It looks lighter than the other armor, and I think it's really themey to be using in this list. So I've taken Kyrion, leading six Athelion Guard with Shield, which are Warriors of Minas Tirith with the Woodland Creature upgrade, so they can go at the same speed as the Elves through Forest. I've got four Athelion Guard with Spear and Shield, and I've got one Athelion Guard with Spear, Shield, and Banner. I've taken the Banner on the Minas Tirith guys because it's a little a bit cheaper and they've got the higher defense as well so that helps out they're harder to kill makes sense to me warband three for the gondor is going to be damrod because i want to get a cheap hero leading six ranges of athelion so once again they've got the move through cover rule and then two ranges of athelion with spear so eight ranges there gives me a good shooting contingent with damrod and you get a lot of models there in the Minas Tirith alone which is really helpful for the wood elves for the Lothlorien contingent, I've got, well, Lothlorien Mirkwood, wherever it is, probably Mirkwood. I've got a Gladrum Stormcaller, which is a fantastic model with the Core Winds and the Nature's Wrath. It's just really useful. Leading eight Wood Elf Warriors with Throwing Daggers and Wood Elf Spears. Two Wood Elf Warriors with Elf Bow and Wood Elf Spear. And two Wood Elf Sentinels. Now, every single model except for the Stormcaller in this warband has a missile weapon, either the eight throwing weapons or the four bows. Two Wood Elf Sentinels, I think, is a good number of them. I wouldn't take just one. I think if you want to have a go at moving things with Courage Tests, take the two of them. They've got two attacks, which is good. 
They've got the Elven Cloaks, which means they're hard to, to pick out. You're not going to find them very well. But I think the Throne Dagger Spear models are going to be the heroes of this list. Because what you can do is set up so that these guys are in a bit of a shield wall with the spears at the back, giving you a fight five to your Minas Tirith in the front. If the enemy doesn't charge you, you throw your throwing weapons at them and just pepper away. Maybe you get a kill or two. If they do charge you, they're going up against a Gondor wall with fight five. So it's basically like playing against high elves. That's a bit of a scary thing. It's, it's a bit of an unexpected event as well. So this is an army that I think will synergize really well together. I do think it's competitive, Ilya. I think it's well worth taking this army. I think it's going to be fun. The only real weakness I can see to it is you don't have a massive hero or a monster or anything like that. And your elf contingent is a little bit fragile. So if people manage to get to your elves before they get to your Minas Tirith, if they're able to get to your back line, you're in a little bit of trouble. So use your Stormcall, use your Sentinels to stop that from happening, and use your, your Gondorians to help you out there. Enjoy this list. I, I think it's going to be an interesting one to play. I think it's going to be competitive. I think it's going to be fun. And if I ever see a 600-point event, I think I might take it, actually, because it, it looks like it's going to be enjoyable to play with. Rohan, 750 points. Andrew requested that I make a Masters winning list for him. Now, this is a bit silly because Andrew won the Masters last year, so I think he's trying to make fun of me and trying to make fun of the fact that he avoided me again. Basically, we've only played one game, I think, and I managed to win that, but it didn't count. It's the last round of a tournament, and strangely enough, it did not count because you basically got a free game. So I beat Andrew in that one, but he still managed to win the tournament, I believe, and he won Masters. So, Andrew, you basically were one of the people that wanted me to take Dunland last year, so this is a bit of payback. Uh, I can't come to Masters this year, but I think you'll represent yourself well with this list. So I've made a Foot Rohan list for you. And I'm actually really excited about this. I'm going to play this one as well. I'm going to say that a bit. All Foot Rohan. It starts with Theodred, who we don't see very often, with Shield and Throwing Spears. So Theodred, Heir of Rohan, as the leader, Shield and Throwing Spears. Looks fragile, but he's basically going to run around with Throwing Spears like a chicken the whole game. He brings along six Royal Guard with Throwing Spears, four Warriors of Rohan with Throwing Spears and Shield, and then two Warriors of Rohan with Bow. I'm not going to have a lot of troops to choose from here. There's going to be quite a few Rohan with Bow, quite a few Rohan with Throwing Spears and Shield. If you want, Andrew, if you really want to, you could turn the Warriors of Rohan with Bow into Outwalkers for the same points and you get better shoot value. There's really no downside to that, except people are going to look at you funny. I think you even get a better courage as well. It's a bit, bit funny that you would... Uh, get the same points value there. It's some, something's off there. So if you want to make it a powerful list, you can make them into Outwalkers instead of Warriors of Rohan with Bow. But I'm going to put them as Warriors of Bow because I don't think you need the help. Your second warband has Gamling, the captain of Rohan, with the Royal Standard. So he's giving might back to people. And he's got the banner. I always choose a banner. So that's the way to go. The Royal Standard looks amazing. Then you're going to have six Warriors of Rohan with Throwing Spears and Shield. And then four Warriors of Rohan with Bow. Or Outwalkers, if you really want. Warband 3. Erkenbrand, Captain of Rohan. Jerkenbrand himself. It's so hard not to take him in a Masters winning competitive Rohan list. He's just so good. He's so far undercosted. You might as well just take him there. Helps out with your courage value mainly for this one. I haven't taken advantage of the 
Westfold Red Shields in this game. We've got six Warriors of Rohan with throwing spears and shield with him, and then four Warriors of Rohan with bow. Then I've included a Captain of Rohan with shield, throwing spears. So throwing spears on the Captain, wonderful. And then four Warriors of Rohan with throwing spears and shield, and four Warriors of Rohan with bow. Very similar models across the board. Lots of them, lots of them. Now, the secret weapon here is Warband number five. Five all hands already. Pretty good. An independent character, the King's Huntsman. And Warband six is also an independent character, the King's Huntsman. Now, I want to go over these models because I don't see them very often. Maybe the listeners see them quite a bit in your area. But basically, this is a 50-point hero that can't lead troops that's got a pretty basic hero stat line. He's got fight three, so he's rubbish at fighting. Three plus to shoot is good. Strength four, okay, that's all right. Defense five, yeah, yuck. Attacks one, yuck. Two wounds, okay, that's solid. Courage four, two might, one will, one fate. Looks pretty rubbish for a captain. Basic captain profile, but with like lower fight, lower attacks. Not very good overall, not good value there. But he's got war gear, an armor, and a longbow, which is an elf bow. Sorry, he's got an elf bow pretty solid but the reason you take the king's huntsman is his master archer special rule models with this rule only fail an in the way roll on the roll of a one so what you can do with your king's huntsman is sit him inside a forest behind a wall shooting targeting models you can if you can see the smallest part of the model you can shoot through the models and you're only failing your in the way on a roll of a one so it becomes a really good sniper in that way you can get a hit on the model with a three plus shoot value pretty solid but even better each time this model slays a hero or monster, he restores his might to its starting value. Starting value. So you get back up to two might every time you slay a hero or monster. So that means you're basically going to throw your might to wound every time you can with your strength three bow. You're going to really aim for at least cheap heroes. So Berrigons and Shamans and these sort of ones are probably going to take hits from you. But you could really just go at the enemy leader. Just go everything at the enemy leader. You've got two of these guys, so four might you can use. You've got gambling restoring once they use up all their might, and then they restore it all once they kill it. So, yeah, and you can hide them in a forest. They're going to be amazing at sniping out heroes. I don't know how good they're going to be. I'm keen to try this out. So gambling nearby, these guys, lots of basically wood elf avoidance tactics in this army. Lots of throwing spears. Stay out of combat as much as you can. When you're in combat, you just go in with, with a lot of models, and hopefully a hero or two, and use some might, and then gambling can restore it, because... You're going to need it. Strike-ups are going to be the way to go against anything big. So you've got some very basic fight. Oh, you've got some Royal Guard in there, but overall pretty low. Your models aren't that fragile. There's a fair few of them. You've got 46 models. The breakdown in terms of the actual weapons is that you've ended up with 6 Royal Guard with throwing spears. You've ended up with 20 Warriors of Rohan with throwing spears. So that's a lot of throwing spears already. 26 throwing spears in the Warriors. And then you've got 14 Warriors of Rohan with bow. Or, if you really want to do 14 Outwalkers, convert them all up, put the plumes on their helmets, and away you go. And also, you've got the heroes. So, a few of your heroes have throwing weapons as well. You've got Phaedrid, your leader, has throwing weapons. Poor Gambling doesn't. He's just waving his flag around. Urkenbrand doesn't, but he's increasing people's courage with his horn, so that's okay. And then you've got a captain with throwing spears as well. And then the two King's Huntsmen. So, you've got a lot of missile weapons in this army. And you've got a lot of models. 46 models in 750 is a pretty good amount. They're not fantastic. They're nothing to write home about. But you've got some serious shooting. And you can get to the point where you might even outshoot something like an elf army. If I was taking my Mirkwood elves or something like this, I'm actually quite scared of this army. The throwing weapons go through them pretty easily. And I don't know if I get enough shots to, to take them out. This is 
I think it's powerful enough to compete in Masters. I don't know if you're going to win it with it, but I think with a player like your skill, Andrew, you can probably get well more wins than you get losses, and then it's it's up to how lucky you are on the day. So I quite like this list. Have a go at it. Rohan, all-foot Rohan, one of the armies that's really underrated in the game, but I think it's quite powerful. I don't believe it's that bad. The Grey Company, 600 and 650 points. Gonna ask for a Grey Company army at basically any points level that I choose between 500 and 750 so I went and head and chose two points levels for this army both 600 and 650 and the reasons will become very clear very soon now a little bit about the Grey Company this is the company of a couple elves Elrohir and Eladan and the Grey Company led by Halbarad who were basically Aragorn's company in the, the north and they were sent by Galadriel to go and provide aid to Aragorn during the Third Age, during the War of the Ring. And they had the banner of Arwen Evenstar along. They rode, they were grey, they rode horses, they had uh, stars upon their chests. And they basically went and helped out, uh, helped Legolas Gimli and Aragorn through the paths of the dead. And then on to Pelagia from the books. Now in the movies they weren't as obvious, basically changed out. But I really liked the book version of the Grey Company. Now, I was trying to research how many of the Grey Company there were, and I've got a couple different sources. It's either 31 or 30. Now, I think that's whether or not they include Aragorn or, or not, uh, but I've taken that, and I'm going to draw a line and just say that, right, we're going to say that there's exactly 31 members of the Grey Company, not including Aragorn, so that's going to be the two twins and then 29 rangers in total, and that's the number I'm going to stick to. I have to stick to that number. I'm going to make exactly that number. We're going to make the actual Grey Company. And we're going to paint them grey. And we're going to put stars on their brooches. And then have some real fun with this army. So of course, as the leader at 600 points, I have to take either Aladan and Elrohi. You choose which one you want to be the leader. And this time, they've gone really light on. They've got nothing. So it's just the, the monkey twin versions of them. If you've got a better model, use it by all means. But this is the ones that were designed for the Grey Company. So the Sons of Elrond in basically travelling glows. They can lead a warband, so they can have up to 11 models in their warband, and I'm going to take the models in there. So I've got six ranges of Arnor with them, and then four ranges of Arnor with Spear. Just the 10 models there, four of them with Spear. Now, you'll notice that very soon I'll go over the bow limit, but this has a, the army has a special rule that if you make the Grey Company, you can not include four ranges of Arnor, their bows. You can ignore their bows in terms of the bow limit if you have a Ranger of the North or Dunedain for every every four. So basically, I'm just going to include enough Rangers of the North of Dunedain so that every one of them knocks out four from my bow count, and I don't have to worry about it at all. So we're going to ignore the bow limit. Every, everyone pretty much is going to have a bow except some of the heroes. The next warband is going to be Halbarad Dunedain with the banner of Arwen Evenstar, the theme, of course, but also the banner is really good. Passing courage chest is amazing, and banners are really important as well. And then he's got eight Rangers of Arnor and four Rangers of Arnor with spear in his warband. So a slightly bigger warband, but I thought that would be fun to use. Now, those are my only heroes can actually lead warbands, so that's all the ranges I've got there. 
I decided to use the ranges of Arnor instead of just going all Duna Day and a range of the North because I think it's important to get to that 31 models. But it's also more fun to play that way. If you want to play all ranges of the North, you can, but you're going to end up with needing more points, I believe, to get to the 31 models. Then the rest of my warbands are basic range of the North or Duna Day by themselves. Now, I suggest, Gunner, that you go and name each and every one of these at the very least. Name all your ranges if you want to. But go online. There's some of the, the expanded universe talking stuff. Some of the, um, I think it's an MMORPG, and some of the other ones had names for a bunch of ranges of the North. So go steal the names and name each of these. Some people like to paint the names on the base. I don't like doing that. I like taking a photo of the model, make sure it's slightly different, and then doing a little card with the name on it. I think that looks really good. Up to you, but it helps with the story. So your rangers of the North. One of them is just a ranger North with spear. Another is a ranger North with spear. So we've got two basic rangers of the North with spear. Then we've got a ranger of the North and another ranger of the North on foot. So two rangers of the North on foot. So you've got two with spear, two on foot. I think there were six models of these, so you should be able to get hold of them pretty easily. And then you've got two Dunedain. Dunedain with spear and a Dunedain on their own. Now, I tried to mix them up. The, the defense difference doesn't really make a difference in-game. It's okay. But I just wanted to make different models. I wanted to provide different ones for you. I still recommend sculpting the, the star on all of them, but at least you can break it up. There were a few different Dunedain models, I believe. Uh, oh, no, it was Range of the North. I can't remember. One of them had extra poses. Might have even been good Grey Company models. I'm not sure if they were Range of the North. I can't remember offhand. I have a feeling they were, but there's lots of models to choose from, so try and use a different one for each of these models. I should know more than that, I've got all the models. But basically, at this level, at 600 points, it's an all-infantry army, so they've got off their horses, and they're ready to go. They're going to shoot, they're going to skirmish, they're going to run away from the enemy at all costs, and then when the enemy finds themselves in the wrong spot, they'll pounce, kill them, and then disappear. Don't be afraid to call heroic combats to keep moving. Don't be afraid to call marches if you have to, march and shoot if you have to. There's lots of things you can do. You've got some good combat heroes in the two elves, and you've got a lot of models, actually. The 30 models with a lot of might hanging around. I think this army can do really well. It's intimidating to play against. Please just don't don't make, like, a line of archers. Some people I've seen play this, and they basically just make an archer line. It's very predictable. Try and spread out. Try and make a big, flowing horseshoe shape. And then if the enemy comes at your positions, you can just disappear. Just run into the woods. Run away for those forces. March away. They can't catch you. You're going to have some real fun with this force. So I think this one's, at 600 points, it's worth taking. Now, I've also made a 650-point variant of this force as well, and this is the one where I've included some horses and some other things. So some extra equipment at 650. You can probably even go higher than that if you wanted to, but the, they did have access to horses in the book because they, they were traveling. So I thought having a, a pinch of horses around would be a good one. Obviously, the range of Arnor can't have horses in the game, but the, the range of the north can, and then Eladan and Elrohi can, and Halberd can. So this is your chance to convert up a Halberd with the banner. You can use the Christmas tree banner if you want. You can use the rare one if you want. You can convert up your own. I'm sure there's other companies that make similar Halbereds, but he can have fun with this. So this army has Eladan and Elrohi here with horse and bow. So they've got the full kit going. They don't have armor still, so they're still traveling light. But I think the bow really adds something to them, adds the skirmish potential, and the horse adds heaps to the hitting potential. So you're going to have to do something about converting these. If you wanted to use the armored models, you can always swap the bow for the armor. I would actually prefer the bow, so I would go and find a way to convert these, find some elves, maybe use a Gilgalad, maybe use the Legolas model, whatever you want to use. But that should be fun. Maybe some Rivendell Knights would be worth converting up. Take out some of their heavier armor, take off the lance, and turn them into Aladan and Elro here. Up to you. Or you can use real models. Either way, they've still got the same warband. Halbrad's got a horse now, including the banner as well, so he gets to ride around. And the ranges of the north and the Dunedain are slightly swapped around, have some extra equipment. So you've got two ranges of the north with horse, you've got one range of the north with spear, one range of the north on his own on the ground, he doesn't need a spear, he's just got a sword, and then two Dunedain 
on the ground, just swords and things. You can obviously move your spear around to a Dunedain if you want. You can move some off the warriors if you want. But now we've got our 31 models and 650 points. So I think both these armies are going to be fun to play. Personally, I prefer to play at 650 because you've got some more options with the riding around. But I think either way, it's going to be fun to use. So good luck with this gunner. Hopefully it goes well for you. Let me know how it goes. I've gone for real theme in this one, but also it's an army that can really hold its own. Sometimes it's going to just hit the wrong scenario for it. Like shooting might not be the most reliable. You come up against something like the Shadow Lord or an army that's in your face straight away. You might be in a bit of trouble. But I think it can do well in most scenarios, and I think it'll be fun to play. Free Hunters and Galadrim, themed around Helm's Deep. 750 points. Well, this is an interesting army. I get to make an army list with three hunters and Galadrim based around the movie versions of Helm's Deep. Uh, Gunnar requested this. It should be an interesting army to, to make. Now, I'm going to cheat a little bit. We've actually already made this army. Our friend Nick, who's been on the podcast a few times, has run this army at a tournament before, and it's done quite well, actually. It's surprisingly good at what it does. So it's it's a fun army to do. It's not a world beater, but it's strong enough to hold its own. And, and if you have a good run and you're a good enough player, you can definitely win some games with it. So you've got the three hunters. You have to take the three hunters. So our first choices are going to be Aragorn, the Strider version with armor and bow from the Fellowship list, and Gimli. Now, I'm a bit confused about whether to put these in one warband or not. The Fellowship rules allow you to put up to nine models in a warband. I don't know if you have to put them all in one warband or not. The only reason you would put them all in one warband is so that they don't get split up in those random deployments. So really up to you if you put them in one warband or not. I'm going to leave them separate for extra drops, especially because I might want to keep them like in different spots. These are good heroes. Aragorn and Gimli are going to be doing most of the work for your army, so the rest of the army is there to support them. Luckily, they're Galadrim, which are pretty good. Now, Legolas, if I take him with armor and from the Lothlorien and Mirkwood list, I can get him to lead Galadrim. So that's what I'm doing. So he's going to lead warriors there instead of being part of the Fellowship. He's going to have one Galadrim warrior with spear and banner, five of them with shield and spear, two Galadrim Warriors with Elven Blade, and two with Elf Bow. Then the second warband, not the second warband, the second warband of Galadrim is going to be Haldir with the armor and the Elf Bow. He's going to have four Galadrim with Shield and Spear. He's going to have two Galadrim with Elven Blade and three Galadrim with Elf Bow. Now this is the normal Haldir model. It's not going to be the, the Helm's Deep one because he's synergized with models that aren't in the list really. So let's go for the one with the bow and the two shots. Warband 3 has a Galadrim Stormcaller and three Galadrim Warriors with Elf Bow. It's a little small drop that's a bit of a baiting one, but the Galadrim Stormcaller adds a huge amount of use to this army. One, it can do the Nature's Wrath, so you can slow down models. Two, it does a Core Wind, so you can push something away or towards someone nasty, and really helps you manipulate the game. This army is designed to be on the move, and luckily you've got Aragorn who gets a free point of might a turn. He can call marches in multiple turns in a row. Now, the marches are good on one turn, but they are excellent when you do two in a row because suddenly you're moving basically three turns into the space of two turns and you can really redeploy your whole lines this army is all about maneuvering it's actually a combat army believe it or not even though it's got a smattering of bows around the bows are to get things in the right spot and then it goes and it, it does some combat and does some hit and run infantry tactics which is very interesting to use it can fight well on the move it's got some really strong models in there and aragorn and gimli and, and legless as well i guess and it can it's a flexible army it's only got a total of 27 models at 750, which is not terrible. It's an elite army, but I think the Galadrim are a really good choice with it because they, with the fight value and the, the banner hanging around, they can hold their own as well in combat. 
this army, Nick had a great time playing it, did really well with this army. I think that you'll enjoy this one, Gunner. So really practice using the three hunter heroes. That's the main work of this army is, is trying to find out how they work together. Trying to find out when you split them in half or split them up into small groups or when you fight them together. You want to play a long game. Have a plan ahead of time because you want to play as many turns as you can possibly play because Aragorn is especially good at the end of a game when he gets to use might when everyone else has run out. So try and make the games go for as long as possible. Pick on models. Don't be afraid to redeploy. Don't be afraid to call marches. Don't be afraid to call heroic moves to get out of there. Just set up again and move into the spot. You have to be a really solid player with this army, but it's definitely not an impossible task. It's a good way to play the three hunters, and 750 points is a nice level for it. I think it works really well at 750 or 800. Using at those points levels gives you just the right amount of stuff to do what you want with the army. So enjoy this army, Gunner. I think it's a, it's a good one, and it's definitely definitely one that we've enjoyed playing against and playing with. So have a go at it. Gondor, 300, 500, and 700 points. My request for quite a few Gondor lists has come from Corey. He's basically just started playing Gondor. I know that I supplied him with his first 300 points, and he's going to build that up to a, to a bigger army as he goes, as he paints the models up. And he's asked me how I would make the army bigger. But the problem with the Gondor army and make you bigger is you can go in so many different directions that I thought, instead of just doing that and saying what you should buy next, I'm going to make a point of showing what you could do with your army and the different directions you could go at different levels. Because I think you can have some really fun with Gondor about what you do in the army. So I've got three very different armies at 300, 500, and 700 points. Just to give you some ideas, Corey, and anyone else who wants to play Gondor, which is, I think, one of the, still one of the strongest lists in the game, what you can do with that. So I'm going to start with the 300 points, the low-level game, which listeners will know that, that we've been enjoying playing quite a bit. It gives you a taste of the game. You can play it pretty quickly. I actually like playing on a really small board, so two foot by three foot boards on my, basically a coffee table in the, the lounge. But you could play it on bigger boards as well, and you'll get just as much fun out of it. So this 300-point army contains the leader being Denethor. Denethor is just such a fantastic leader at low points because he's cheap. 30 points. He's got a really good profile. He just doesn't have the might. And occasionally he goes and cracks it and kills one of his own guys. But who cares? That's just what he does. That's part, part of the parcel of playing with Denethor. He's just a good model. And he, he's a really nice physical model as well. The, the model looks great. I really like the Denethor model and love playing with it. So I've themed this army around what would be Denethor's bodyguard. Basically, I'm thinking the walls of Minas Tirith during the Siege of Minas Tirith. In Denethor's warband, there is two warriors of Minas Tirith with shield, two with spear shield, and two with bow. So six of them in total, with a mixture of two weapons each. Trying to aim for being a, a broad mix of warriors and, and guys. Then I've got two guard of the fountain court, and then another two guard of the fountain court with shield. So usually the standard option is just to put like the Numenorean shields on the Guard of Fountain Court. It looks really nice. It suits them well with that ornate armor. You could also put the Minister shields if you wanted. I've taken it both options. I haven't put it on all the shield or all without, just so you get some variety of models. Because I think they actually look better without the shield. But in games term, the shield's really good as well. So people like putting the shield on. That's fine. It gives you a taste of both. Warband number two is a generic captain of Minas Tirith with shield, who's going to show up in lots and lots of lists. He's well worth taking. He's leading two warriors of Minas Tirith with shield, two warriors of Minas Tirith with shield and spear, one warrior of Minas Tirith with the banner, so just the banner, no spear, just the banner guy, and then four warriors of Minas Tirith with bow. 
So I've got a little bit more bow than, than I would just to give me some missile fire. And then I've got a third warband at 300 points, which is impressive. I'm taking Pippin, Guard of the Citadel, just because I really like the model. And he's he's an extra warband drop. He can go sit on an objective. He can maybe help out with a fight here or there. But he's just an extra body. So 22 models at 300 points is solid. Gondor tends to end up as horde armies quite a bit, more often than not. But you've got some real options in army. So at 300 points, you've got a mixture of troops. You've got the Guard of the Fountain Court with Denethor, which I think is a really nice combination. You've got a Captain, and you've got Perrigan Took. Moving on to 500 points, I've gone for a Faramir-themed Ranger list. So Faramir and friends at either Aphelion or more likely Osgiliath. Probably Osgiliath, I would say. I've got Faramir, the Captain of Gondor, with the bow. So the bow model, it's a good-looking model. He's leading two Rangers of Gondor, one Ranger of Gondor with spear, two Osgiliath veterans with shield, and four Osgiliath veterans with shield and spear. So his warband got some combat, it's got some shooting. The Osculius veterans really benefit from being near Faramir because he increases their fight value, giving them that all-important fight four. Um, I've made sure that they've got some spears and shield, although you get the fight four of the rangers as well. So fight four, you're not wanting for that. It's a nice little warband. Uh, nine models with Faramir make it ten altogether. Then I've gone for Madril, the captain of Athelion, who's once again a fantastic model. Good one to include. He's your ranger captain that, that looks really good. Nice model, three might, and he can manipulate reinforcements. He leads a small warband of two Warriors of Minas Tirith with shield, three Rangers of Gondor, and two Rangers of Gondor with spear. So five Rangers and two Minas Tirith bodyguards with Madril. So it's a smallish warband. Warband number three has a Captain of Minas Tirith with shield, four Warriors of Minas Tirith with shield, seven Warriors of Minas Tirith with spear and shield, and one Warrior of Minas Tirith with shield, spear, and banner. So I've gone heavy on the spears at the moment. This is your combat warband. It basically sits there and, and holds space if it needs to. It's a really solid drop, basically. And you've got the spears to back up things like the heroes if you need to later on. And I've managed to fit in one more warband. Warband 4 is Damrod, who's the cheap 20-point ranger, with two rangers of Gondor and a ranger of Gondor with spear. So a little four-model warband. This warband is a perfect size for just dropping it down there, being a decoy, being annoying, capturing objectives. You can throw a march with Damrod if you have to. It's a really nice warband. I really enjoy playing with this, and I feel it feels right for Damrod. I don't think Damrod leading 12 guys is just suits. I think the, the small warband really suits a small character like Damrod. So we've ended up with 35 models at 500 points. So once again, it's looking like a horde list, really. It's, a, it's an impressive amount of models, and you've got some power there. Madril and Faramir are no slouches. Captain Ministerius can hold his own, but it's going to be your weight of numbers that really drives home the day. So this is a good, reliable, essentially beginner's army. It's got some good shooting. It's got some good combat. It's it's resilient. It's a nice army to play with. That's the 500-point version. At the 700-point version, I've gone a totally different direction, and you've probably guessed who I'm going to lead this 700-point this version with. It's going to be Boromir. I've already done a Denethor. I've done a Faramir. It's Boromir's turn. Boromir, Captain of the White Tower, with Horse and the Banner of Minas Tirith, mainly because the model is just so fantastic. It's it's an iconic piece of the Gondor army. It's well worth having this model get it into this army. Boromir leads eight knights of Minas Tirith with shield. This is a powerful warband. It's high defense. It's got the lances. It charge in. Unfortunately, Boromir doesn't get the lance because you can't use the lance and the banner. But you've got fight four knights essentially hanging around Boromir. And Boromir, with, with six might, can do almost anything. It's a good army. He's also got the horn, don't forget that. Charge two models, blow the horn, hope to win the combat without even rolling die. Then in Warband 2, I've gone for Berigond on horse. Just because I needed some heroes for the low cost. Berigond's a fantastic model. If you don't want to convert it on horse yourself, 
feel free to go to unreleased miniatures and they've got a nice model you could use instead. I've got four Knights of Minas Tirith with shield, so making it 12 Knights of Minas Tirith in total. Two boxes. They're such good models, it's worth getting two. Two Citadel Guard with Spear, Horse, and Longbow. So once again, go to unreleased miniatures, get the Citadel Guard with bow, put a spear on them, you're done. They can spear support the Knights with the Fight 4, get them behind Boromir's Warband, they could be Fight 5, that's impressive. And then I've got three Citadel Guard with Spear and three Citadel Guard with Longbow. Really nice models. These are some of my favorite Gondor models. I think they look fantastic. And a blister pack of each would really go well. Then my final warband is a Captain of Minas Tirith with horse, lance, and shield. I thought, well, if my other heroes are on horse, why wouldn't this guy be on horse as well? And he leads four warriors of Minas Tirith with shield and eight warriors of Minas Tirith with spear and shield. So basically the infantry that follows along with the rest of them. This one is 35 models and 700 points. So according to my one model per 20 point formula, it's right on a standard army. It's not elite. It's not a horde army. It's just got the right amount of models for you. But you've got a lot of mountain models. In the end, you've got a total of 17 mountain models, which is a large amount. And then I guess only the 18 on foot, which is solid, solid enough. But you've got a huge amount of contingent. Use it well. Knights of Minas Tirith can be incredibly powerful. Keep them around Boromir. Don't overcrowd them. Go in little packs of maybe four and go take out things. Make sure it's supported by the hero. So I'll split it up into the heroes leading a small pack of knights each and then go take on some models that way uh, with the, the infantry following up behind them as quickly as you can. This is not a shooty list. Don't expect the enemy to come to you. Expect to be the aggressor. And it plays very differently to the other Gondor lists, which are a little bit more defensive. Corey, hopefully this gives you some ideas about where you can take your Gondor. Gondor is one of those fantastic armies to start with, which you can just go in any direction you want. If you want cavalry, you've got cavalry. If you want siege weapons, go for the siege weapons. If you want to throw a wizard in, get Gandalf the White in there. And you can also ally with things like the Fiefdoms, Asmund of Lossenark are my, my favorites to put in there. And away you go. You've got so many choices in the Gondor list. It's just a really good list. And it always shows up top table at tournaments. It's just a reliable list. It's got so many options. It's got affordable characters as well. The 20-point characters with Berrigan and Damrod really do help you out. They can lead a full warband at the moment, and it helps you with numbers. And you, you guys aren't that expensive either. So good luck with this, Corey. I can't wait to see what you come up with, and hopefully it gives you some ideas about it. I know I didn't do sequential, but too bad. I like it the way it is. Fourth Age, Legless and Gimli wander Middle-earth, 700 points. Benjamin has had an interesting request for me to create a list that has Legless and Gimli basically doing their final farewell tour of Middle-earth in the Fourth Age. So for those who don't know, the Fourth Age is the time of peace. There's only very small skirmishes around with some men that are rebelling against, essentially, Aragorn's rule. And this has given some of our main characters a chance to go through and, and tour Middle-earth. So Legolas and Gimli went together quite a bit. Um, then basically they settled down in their separate places. And then a bit later on, they decided to, to return to the Undying Lands. I think Legolas was returning and he asked Gimli to come with him. And Gimli was the only dwarf that ended up coming to the Undying Lands. So this is basically their tour group. Now, this is an interesting choice for an army, which should be quite fun. 
it's sort of reminiscent of the Fellowship, but it gives you an excuse to put some some of their armies with them. So Gimli leading the Dwarves and Legolas leading Elves. At 700 points, you've got a bit of points to play with, so this is going to be a fun challenge. Now, I was a bit torn with this list because part of me said, let's go for traveling models, let's go for as light armored as we can and make them really traveling. And the other part of me thought, let's have them basically set up for war. They've gone, they've assisted a group of people that are attacked maybe on the far reaches of of Gondor's rule, who are being attacked by wild men or something else, and they've gone to support them. So they put on their armored clothes and gone for another fight just to, to help out a group of people. So I've got actually two lists I've ended up making, and both of them I think would be fun to use. So one is basically the traveling group that didn't expect to fight, and the other one's the set up ready for war. So the first list is going to be the traveling group. So we've got Gimli or Legolas, doesn't matter which one you make, he's your leader, your choice. But I'm taking Gimli as the leader because I think he's a bit tougher. Gimli, son of Gloin, just standard. Just as the Fellowship, essentially, traveling Gimli. But he's from the uh, Durance Folks list, so he can lead a warband. In his warband, he has a Dwarf Warrior with shield and banner, and four Dwarf Warriors with shield. These are the most heavy-armored models in the group. I figure he might as well have a ceremonial guard, so this is them. Only five models. One of them's got a shield and a banner. The other one's got a shield. And it gives you an excuse to paint some Dwarf Shields, which always look really good. Also in his warband, he's got six Iron Guard, which are essentially the elite traveling Dwarves. They've got Defense 6, which is low for Dwarves, which is good for everyone else. But they've got two attacks and throwing weapons. These are really useful models. And they, they look nice as well. They look, they've got the tunics, I think. And they've got the, the helmet with the spike on them. They're good models to play around with and use. And I, I love throwing weapons. I'm a big fan of throwing weapons. In Warband 2, I've got a Dwarf Captain with throwing axes. Now, I figure I didn't give him shield. I figured this guy is going to be essentially a Ranger Captain. So he's lightly armed. He's got the throwing axes. Because if you travel Middle-earth, you might as well take some axes around. And he's leading a warband of dwarf rangers, essentially a sprue of dwarf rangers. So four with longbow, four with two-handed weapon, and four with throwing axes. These models are probably not the most optimal priced dwarfs. They're, they're still pretty good. They do fine, but they're not a bargain compared to the other ones. But they'll work well. They're just not heavy-armored dwarfs. Think of them as just normal Minas Tirith warriors, or not Minas Tirith warriors, normal just warriors of, of good, essentially. And you can't go too far wrong. So, what was it, 23 dwarves or so? Maybe it's a bit more than that. Yes, with the captains, it's going to be more than that. So, 25 dwarves is a solid start for, for the army. Then I've gone to Tharendul's Halls list the from The Hobbit, from the There and Back Again book. I've taken Legolas, Prince of Mirkwood, with an elven cloak, because why wouldn't you? You've got your fragile elf models. Give them elven cloaks. Let them hide around, even if they're just hiding behind the dwarves. He's leading 12 Mirkwood rangers. This is a bit expensive in terms of points, but it gives you a massive shooting wall, these guys are really good for working on their own. They don't mind being trapped or surrounded. They're really good in combination with the dwarves. They can basically do a whole bunch of things. They can walk through the woods. They're, they're a good one. And I wanted to have a decent amount with Legolas. I thought it's not really fair that he's traveling with Gimli. Gimli's got his honor guard, and Legolas is bringing one guy. So I figure some of the Mirkwood Rangers would be perfect with Legolas. They're a good warband on their own. I haven't gone for the second warband there because I wanted the extra dwarves. And that's given me three warbands almost maxed out. Only Gimli's one is not maxed out for 38 models, and a solid list. The main tactics for this list, you don't have any spears, so you're almost using it as a skirmish force. The dwarves are there to protect the elves, keep them alive for as long as they can. There's no spears going, so you can't do the, the normal trick with the Merkled Rangers where you put a spear behind them. So use your shooting. You've got throwing weapons on a lot of the dwarves. You've got shooting weapons. Use those. Get, let Gimli do some of the combat. The dwarf captain can help him out. Legolas is pretty good at combat, no slouch. But Legolas can also shoot out horses and anything important at the start of the game. So you've got some really options here. Legolas and Gimli are always fun characters to use. So I think this would be a good army to put together and look really good. 
The next list at the same points level is basically the same idea, but it's gone for all the armored warriors. So I've gone for the models that, that have armor, that are ready to fight, and it gives me an excuse to put together models that aren't seen as often, not seen as much, and some of them are new models. So this time, I've once again gone for the Durance Focalist for Gimli. This time he's got two Dwarf Warriors of Shield, four Dwarf Warriors of Dwarf Bow, and six Khazard Guard. So the six Khazard Guard, they're the favorites of the Dwarf list. They're really good. They've got the Bodyguard rule, which is just fantastic. They've got the Strength Forward Defense 7. They do their job. And then the rest of them make up that Warband. So a full Warband with some really tough Dwarves. Got the Defense 7 in there, the extra armor. Warband 2 is another one of these fantastic models. It gets used in Australia all the time. It's one of our favorites. I don't think overseas it's used as much, but I think it's just a fantastic model. It's the King's Champion with the Heralds. Now, the King's Champion is basically a souped-up hero. He's got the extra attack and the strength, I believe. And then the Heralds gives you two banners. Normally, what you do with this guy is put one banner directly behind the King's Champion, leaving them both at Defense 8, and the other banner goes off and helps out the rest of your force. Otherwise, you end up with two banners in the same spot, which doesn't offer as much value. But this guy is fantastic. He's leading... He can only have the 11 in the warband. Because, oh, no, no, sorry, 10 in the warband. I, I lie about that. 10 in the warband because the two Heralds count in his warband. So he's got two Dwarf Warriors of Shield, four Dwarf Warriors of Dwarf Bow, give me a total of eight of those, and then two Vault Warden teams. So these guys are really good at holding there. Imagine a formation with the King's Champion in the middle and two Vault Warden teams flanking him, pushing right up the center of the board. They're going to be tough to move. I once played an army that had about... Oh, what was it, 20 Vault Warden teams. It was a nightmare to play against. Ended up playing an Avoidance Army against it, and I managed to, to win that game, but, man, it was tough. Or maybe it was a draw. I can't remember. I held my own, but what a tough list. So two Vault Warden teams, I think, is enough to, to give some real power to this list. So very heavily armored list. Then from Tharendal's Halls, I've gone for, once again, Legless Prince of Mirkwood, but this time he has a horse. So he's ready for battle. He's going to put a horse on. He gives me some cavalry options, which the dwarfs don't normally have, so it really offers me something different in the list. He's got six Mirkwood Elves with Glaive. The Glaives are the all-star weapon of the Mirkwood Elves, and I don't see a lot of Mirkwood Elves around, and it's a small amount. It's enough that even if you, you have trouble getting the cost together for them, you can probably find a way to get six of them with Glaive. It's a really fun little unit. These guys can be two-handed weapons, which you don't, won't use that often, but you, you use occasionally. They can be spears, and the Elf Spears mean you can shield with them as well, so you can go and shield them. They also count as the Elven Blade for the extra fight value, so this is your, your weapon option. It gives you pretty much everything except the defense bonus, but at defense 5, you're doing okay. Then I've got two Mirkwood Elves with shield and Elven Blade. So these guys are your defense 6 ones. They've got the Elven Blade. They're basically there because you're going to need some dismounts for the cavalry that I'm going to buy next. So I've got these models as essentially leftovers. The final choices is going to be four Mirkwood Cavalry with shield. Now, you're going to have to either press mold the shield or take them off the other guys. I recommend press mold them, or I guess you could get them off the Palace Guard is another option for the shields. But it really gives you some hard-hitting cavalry with Defense 6 to go around with Legless. So Legless and his four cavalry models can really put a punch on someone. So once again, no spears in this army. Oh, no, there is spears in this army. I lie. The Vault Wardens have two spears. Two spears. And they don't have to do the other Vault Wardens, but you probably will, to be honest. But you've got two banners, which is really good. Really good. You've got some really strong heroes. None of your heroes are weak. These are good heroes and good models to go with them. So this army list has got one more than the last one, which is surprising because I feel like it's stronger than the last one. Maybe just because the Mirkwood Rangers are so expensive. It's nowhere near as fragile, so it's more forgiving army, and I think it'd be fun to play as well. So this has got 39 models at 700 points. 
it looks good. It looks good. Um, once I get my Mirkwood Elves painted up, I'm going to give it a try because I've been looking for an excuse to play the Mirkwood Cavalry as well. So this is going to be a fun army to use. I hope you get a chance to use it, Benjamin. Look, I understand that the first one's more to your taste because this one's got the Mirkwood Warriors that aren't very common, but I think you'll find some use out of them. It gives you some ideas about how to make a fourth age list. Fourth Age Athelion, 800 points. I've got the request to make a Fourth Age Athelion army twice now, both from Nils and Jamie, so I've decided to put it together in one list because this episode's already going to be a long episode, and it's going to be—it's a fun challenge to put together, actually. For the, those who don't know, the Fourth Age Athelion was led by Faramir, and he took Beragond with him. Beragond was charged for abandoning his post in Minas Tirith, but because he saved Faramir, he got a pardon and became basically Faramir's right-hand man, his lieutenant, his army. I think he was called the captain of the White Guard or something similar. So he's he's a, a pumped-up version of Beragond. They also had Legolas and some elves settle in Athelion, and, of course, Faramir's wife, Eowyn. So we've got a bit of an all-stars of Middle-earth type army trying to put together one theme. Now this one I'm going to talk a little bit about actually modeling the army as well. Normally I won't do that in just a list episode, but it's got, it's got me thinking about it and I want to include it. I'm going to go through the army and what I've done at 800 points, which is quite a, quite a lot of points to play with and I think it's going to be a good army. I've started with Faramir the Captain of Gondor with Armored Horse, Heavy Armor, Lance and Shield. If you have the model of him on the, the armoured horse, use it. If not, do some conversion up. Maybe you can even consider doing something like a an Aragorn the King conversion, turning into Faramir to get the armoured horse, or maybe a, a Knight of Dol Amroth or something. You can play around with that. And I've given him five Knights of Minas Tirith with shield. So a Knight Guard for, for him. He's, he's a hard-hitting model. He's a good mid-level hero with the lance and the shield and the heavy armor and the armored horse. He can do quite a lot of work. Warband 2 is a captain of Minas Tirith with bow, which I'm going to suggest that we use the Baragon model for. I was not comfortable taking budget Baragon when he's supposed to be the second most powerful like military leader in Athelion. It just doesn't sit right with me that he's a little 20-point Citadel guard. So he's going to be a captain of Minas Tirith, but he keeps his bow. He's still going to lead the Citadel Guard, which are going to be the guard, the White Guard, I think they're called. So Citadel Guard with Spear, six of them, and six Citadel Guard with Longbow. So he's got the same contingent. This looks really good, but he's got a Captain Profile instead. They're obviously going to be guarding Faramir. Warband 3, I have the Captain of Minas Tirith with Shield. So this is why I didn't want Beragon to be worse than this guy, because this is just an unnamed Captain. So give him a name. Then five Warriors of Minas Tirith with Shield, six Warriors of Minas Tirith with Spear and Shield, and a warrior Minas Tirith with the banner. So this is a pretty standard Gondor-type warband. It's just a block of infantry with a banner. It does its job. It's it's not flashy, it's not pretty, but it does its job. I've got a Rohan contingent. So include an Eowyn, the shield maiden of Rohan, with a horse, armor, shield, and throwing spears. 
So she's mounted. She hasn't forgotten how to fight. She's probably kept her horse around. I imagine her arm is going to be a little bit more ornate. I imagine her horse might look a bit prettier as well. But with her, she has three royal guards with throwing spears and horse. So mounted royal guard. I can't imagine anyone else coming from Rohan. If she's going to have a contingent of Rohan, why not have a personal bodyguard rather than anything else? I think that's the way to go. Don't don't bother taking the peasants from Rohan. You want the royal guard. And they've got bodyguard rule as well. But on horse, they've got throwing spears, so they add a little bit to the army. It's only four models, but it's a nice a nice little warband for for baiting people around, for, for adding support where it has to be. And A1 has some good stats. Well, not really. No, she's cheap. That's that's a good thing. Then I've got Tharendul's Halls contingent with Legolas. So Legolas has come in with Prince Mirkwood with the Elven Cloak, and he's taken five Mirkwood Rangers as his contingent to live there. So he's, they say he's taken some, some elves with him to live in Athelion. So I think that's enough to give them a representation. And once again, like the, the Rohan contingent, they're a little avoidance baiting unit that can set up on their own, do objectives, or they can join the main battle line. Either way, Mirkwood Rangers are really good elves. So they, they don't mind fighting in against numbers. With the Minas Tirith or the Citadel Guard backing them up, they can get spear support and become really powerful as frontline troops, believe it or not. So all in all, I've got 42 models at 800 points, which is about an average amount. So it's a good amount of models. I think it can hold its own. You've got lots of options here. You've, you've play, got some of the strength of the army. Things like the bodyguard throughout is a real strength. You've got some knights in there. You've got the Mirkwood shooting. You've got a bit of bit of bows around with some long bows and some throwing weapons. It's a good all-round solid army. Now, for a theme, I think what I'd go is get as much white in this army as possible. So I'd consider giving the Legolas and the Mirkwood Rangers a white Athelian cloaks, maybe with some decorative elven corners and... and like lining, I guess I would make Eowyn and the Royal Guard look as royal as possible as well. So things like a white cloak, I think does it really well. Normal Royal colors, the browns, maybe, but with the white cloak, or you can go more regal colors, maybe just use some, some dark reds and things. And then for the, for the Minas Tirith contingent, I think maybe having some whites with green as a, a kicker color, which actually blends in really well with the elves as well. You can even do that with the Rohan. You can make white and green your army color across the board. So things like the Citadel Guard will have the white cloaks. Uh, Faramir Captain, give him a white armored horse. So the the cloak on the horse, white armor. Not armor, it's just cloth. But the cloth, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't. And I think this army will tie in really well together. I think it's important to make it look like it's together, not just a hodgepodge of units. And I think it's one of those armies that if it's done really well, you could not only be up there in tournaments for, for winning games, because I think it's powerful enough to do that, you would definitely be up there in terms of winning best army. And I think that's really important in events to make sure that you present the best army you can. And I feel that this is an army that, that really does that. So 800 points, 4th Age Athelian army. It's an army that I think is a really nice modeling project. I think it's very playable, and I think it's got a nice theme to it. So two people suggest the theme tells you that it must be something that, that's interested to people. Hopefully other people can put it together. I think the fourth age is something that people want to explore mainly because it's it's an unknown. You don't know what's happening as much as the others. There's not much details about it. And if you want to have something to play against, think, consider things like Easterling and Khan as being the forces to play against because there is men around still skirmishing. Maybe some of the wild men type armies as well are a good one to fight against. Enjoy this army. 
Well, that concludes all our lists for part one of our list episode. Hope you've enjoyed these lists. I hope you've got some ideas about them. I know some of them particularly inspired me. Hopefully they inspire you as well. Well, at this point in time, I'm just going to say until next time, traps win games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.